How about you guys? Yeah. I mean, shut Sam's up? Club has pretty much the same thing, but it's cool. What is this? What is the same thing? A Sam's Club offers a similar thing. I don't know. I'm pretty what sure it's the same thing. Yeah, huh? I literally been to Sam's Club. It literally had. Like, I know you've been to Sam's Club. Congratulations. I've been to Costco too. I literally walked through both of them, and they were pretty much the same thing. You sound like you're an adult. Good job walking through both. <laughs> you guys are trash. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the Substandard Expanded Universe. Welcome to the SSEU podcast, Stardate 1201.8. We are venturing into unknown territory with this episode, into battle against gophers, badgers, wookies, and klingons. The SSEU podcast starts as the fan cult of the substandard, now known as the Subbeacon, and specializes in counting, linguistics, and life hacks. We are also your first stop for Grace Anatomy updates and poetry. You can find episodes on Google Play, Stitcher, NPR, and iHeartRadio. If you like the podcast, please give us a poops up and DM Eliana Johnson. <laughs> I am Thomas, here together with my esteemed co-host, Chris. Hello, Chris. Hey, best friend. How are you today? I'm great. Have, I'm you, great. Seen, have you seen Brian? I have not. Um, I, he, he, he likes to use the time that we spend recording the podcast to reboot his computer and just make sure his software is up to date. He, he is this second sending us a text of a picture of his screen that's frozen. Do you think he'll get here? Oh, I do. I, th- I think, like, you know, the, they say about the mailman, like... like Always comes twice? No, this, this is the milkman and he knocks twice. Um, oh. <laughs> it's like the mailman isn't stopped by rain or okay. sleet or snow. Okay. Ryan's not stopped by frozen computers or awake, like, toddlers. Um, I, I think I got, I, the the show. I got this. I got this. The milkman comes twice and delivers something white in a bottle. Yes, you've nailed it. <laughs> Chris, can I introduce our guest? Go ahead, please. Okay. We are pleased to welcome a first-time guest onto this episode of the podcast. Uh, I think it's been a while since we had a new guest from the SSEU, but we are delighted to welcome Tyler. Tyson is a resident of beautiful St. Paul, Minnesota, named after Paul McCartney, where he attends St. Catharines University. He is a card-carrying member of the Minnesota Democratic Farmer Labor Party and just got married to Mariah a few months ago despite his love for the prequels and hatred of weddings. Tyson, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. It is true that you hate weddings, right? Yes, it is. You also got a shout-out on, on the sub-beacon. You sent some information about the planet of Mandalore. Did you not? Yes, that, I think that's how you pronounce it. So I'm glad you brought this up so you can just show how everyone is to pronounce it. It's a planet. Mandalore. It's, it's a planet in Star Wars inhabited by Italians? Yeah, it's just but complete they, concept. You know how it's... George Lucas likes to have his racial stereotypes, so yeah. Mandalore is the Italian racial stereotype. Is this illegal? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You, you, you know, if I lived in Minnesota... I would join the Minnesota Democratic Farmer Labor Party just to be able to answer any question with, 
What am I, a farmer? And it would be great. <laughs> I'm sure they'd all really appreciate that. Don't they control the state? Every statewide office is democratic. It's pretty democratic, but I mean, if you look at the map, a lot of it is, I mean, it's most of the Twin Cities being blue, but a lot of the rest of it's red. And, and remind us again, where do you live? I live in St. Paul, Minnesota. Which named is? Named after Paul McCartney. Okay, yep. I thought it was named after John Paul II. You went to see Ford v. Ferrari tonight, didn't you? I did indeed. How was it? I really enjoyed it. Um, both Matt Damon and... I keep forgetting his name today. What's the Lin- actor Lin- in Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, yes. did very well. Is it a musical? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you, that, it's going to get a low cinema score for it, but, you know, they don't tease it in the trailer, but they just want you to be surprised when you go in and they all start singing. <laughs> good performances by Christian Bale and Matt Damon. Yeah, Christian Bale. Um, man, that's good, who I'm looking for. Yeah. But also, just a, you said an enticing story, good action. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, so even if someone isn't into racing, you, you said that you think you might enjoy this movie? I would say so. I mean, it's, it's kind of like sports movies where you're not necessarily into the sport, but the whole like camaraderie of all the you know people coming together and the action bits and all that stuff. So it's, I don't know, it's really good. I really enjoyed We Are Marshall. I mean, uh, I mean, this, <laughs> you just like different right? like plane cra- crashes. So like just watching people <laughs> suffer and die in a fiery explosion was was pretty satisfying for me. I think you might like the rest of the movie was kind of boring. Uh, Tobias, you go and see a lot of movies, right? I would like to see more, but yes, I try to. One a week? No, <laughs> not even that much. That would, oh, If I could go to one a week, that would be the dream. So, so, uh, so, what's, like one or two a month. What's the best movie you've seen so far this year? I would say if I had to rank my movies this I year mean, so besides, far. Besides Downton Abbey. <laughs> what's the number two movie yeah. you've seen this year? Good well, point. this isn't in my list, but when I went to see Ad Astra, there was – I went to see like the Thursday night first showing. Um, there was no line, but everyone who was there was all to see Downton Abbey, and everyone – there's like two other people went to uh, Ad Astra. But no, I would say my ranking for so far this year would be uh, – first one would be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for sure. I really, really enjoyed that movie. This might be recency bias, but I think number two would be Ford v. Ferrari. Mm. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. And third? Um, but if I would say Joker. But if recency bias changed my mind, those two might switch, but otherwise, they're still I would say at least top three for that. So, who does Ben Affleck play in Ford vs. Ferrari? Uh, he is just one of the tires of the race car. <laughs> uh, it's a very convincing performance, um, especially with how well he's been acting in the past couple uh, you know, years, but isn't he? Isn't he Ken Miles? I'm not sure who's who. I'm going to go see it tomorrow, so I should probably know this. But yes, Matt, Matt Damon is Carol Shelby, and Christian Bale is Miles. Right, and Lin Manuel Ferranda. Yeah, Lin Manuel Miranda actually plays uh, Henry Ford the second. So I was going to ask who plays Henry Ford the first, and who plays Ferrari. Uh, What's his you name? Know, if I was wittier, I would have picked a, a currently dead actor and would have said that. <laughs> what, um, was, was his name like Guido Ferrari? 
Like as Italian, this can make a joke. <laughs> um, probably. Like I don't even know what his first name was because it was just some Italian thing. <laughs> uh, Mandalore Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was his first name. Was Mandalore? It's just a big expanded universe at this point. Basically, it was about pod racing, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now this is pod racing. Now this is pod racing. <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, Timon, last weekend, last weekend, you met uh, Chris, right? I did indeed. So what was it like meeting your second favorite host of your second favorite podcast? Uh, well, see, I had already spoken to you during the Dungeons and Dragons session, so I'd already met my first favorite pod- podcast host. So at least, like, I didn't have to, uh, I wasn't as nervous. So, you know, it's uh-huh. a little easier going in the second time and only the second favorite host. So, you know, it was, it was better. Wasn't too bad. The wrong answer. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you also like Steak Shack, right? Yeah. Steak Shack? Uh, What did I say? Shake Shack. Shake Shack. Shake Shack? Yeah. Uh, No, yeah. No, that burger was great. And I think what really did add to it was that Shake Shack. Wow. I don't know why I couldn't say that. Shake Shack sauce uh, that they put on it. Uh, That was really good. I just got a single burger, but I do think next time I'll go, I might get the double burger. Get a little bit more onto it. But yeah, it was... Was this your virgin Shake Shack experience? I believe it was. I think I popped my Shake Shack cherry. <laughs> um, but no, the fries were super crispy, which is great for I mean, they weren't just basic crinkle cut, so they could have been as boring as everyone else's crinkle cut, but they were like super crispy, which really helped. Yeah, they were really good. Yeah. I don't know what it is they do to them. They, they were, I mean, yeah. Because yeah. I don't think they were necessarily seasoned better or worse than anything, no, but it was, it was just, just that they were crispy. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's like I mentioned, I, I believe on Twitter the other day, uh, how Ming taught me at In-N-Out, you should always order your fries extra crispy. At mm-hmm. Shake Shack, you don't have to. They come out right, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, I shouldn't have again. to. <laughs> I shouldn't have to go out of my way to get the correct, you know, fry. Right. So I, I appreciate hey, that Shake Shack does I, it. I, I have a secret handshake. Now, can you give me good fries? <laughs> exactly. Just make good fries all the time. We had a plan here that we were uh, going to give you a quiz since. Uh, would you say that you are a Star Wars fan? Can I say I'm a fandalore? <laughs> no, you, you can't say that. You, you, you literally can't. Yes, I am just a fan. <laughs> okay, perfect. So we have, a, we have a Star Wars quiz for you. We have a total of, I believe, 13 questions. Oh, so um, uh, That's not correct, Thomas. I mean, this is a counting podcast and all, but... We actually have two separate quizzes. Thomas was like, should we do a quiz together? And then we ended up doing two separate quizzes. So, Thomas, you do your quiz, and then I'll do mine. Here's the first question. What planet is home to Chewbacca and the Wookiees? Kashyyyk. That is correct. That is correct. Second question. What color is Yoda's lightsaber in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith? Green. That is also correct. I'm impressed. How many members are on the Jedi Council? Ooh. I don't think he's going to get this one. No, I'd have to kind of go around and try to count them, but I don't think I'm going to get it. Twelve? That is correct. That's, yes. That's amazing. Wow. So you, you, did, you did count Uriel Poof from the planet Queerman. <laughs> right. Yes, I did. Luckily, I have gone that far into the Blank Track podcast to understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so, so the next question is very on brand. Uh, what is Darth 
Tyrannus, also known as Count Dooku. Right. Yeah, he's uh, Count. Holy cow! He's acing your quiz. Count Duke. Uh, well, he's got pretty easy ones. Well, except for that one that I guessed on, but yeah. Okay, and then the fifth one, and I think you're going to get this one. Where does Yoda live in the original trilogy? Uh, Dagobah. Are they also correct? 100%. This 100%. Is, okay, from a professor of future war, your students must all, all get A's. Tyus, um, <laughs> I have a real quiz for you. Uh, right, I don't oh think boy. you're going to ace it, um, okay. but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, Are you ready to go to college? Okay, yeah, you went to, that was you went high to school. college this with is Thomas. College. No, you went to college with Thomas. This is graduate school. You ready? Okay, okay, okay. All right, we're going to start easy, okay? I'll, I'll easy okay. in. I'll, I'll be gentle, okay? Uh, right. Question one. What was Luke hoping to get at Tashi Station? Uh, some power converters. That's right. <laughs> question number two. What was the name of the droid who served the Jedi's tea at the beginning of episode one, The Phantom Menace? Like PC-14? Holy crap! You are a savant. This is amazing. Well, that's only because of the blank check podcast. That's in the blank. They, they, they talk about PC-14 a lot. Okay. If it wasn't for that, I would not have known that. Okay, all right. Question number three. Spoiler alert, guys. The Trade Federation has a special toxic gas ready to deploy in case they welcome someone to their ship, <laughs> but then they shoot the ship and... and just like destroy the ship they came in on, but then they want to give them tea served by a droid, but then want to poison their guests. What is the name of this very visible poisonous gas? That's a good question. Um, I don't think I know that. The answer know. is dioxin. Oh, yeah, that's a dumb name, but okay, cool. That's fair. <laughs> dioxin. Speaking of, speaking of dumb not- names... Question number four. I'm going to give you a list of names of Queen Amidala's handmaidens. I need you to choose which one I made up. Okay. You ready? Yes. Sabe. No, that's a real one. Sabe, Irite, Sashe, and Yane. I think Sashe is fake. Trick question. They're all stupid names that George Lucas came up with. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so I was like, man, all those, I thought all this sound real. I was like, I had to pick one. Well, trick all question right. fooled me. Fooled you. So you, you're at 50% right now. That's a failing grade. I know. <laughs> all right. Question number five. Why the f*** did George Lucas make the pod race last for an hour and a half of the running time of the film? <laughs> Um, because he's a moron who doesn't know how to make movies without his ex-wife or literally anyone else to help him. Okay. When, fair when you, when you bankroll your own movie and get to make every single decision, pretty much, you're probably gonna make a bad movie. All right. That, qu- that was an essay form. Um, <laughs> I'll give you, oh yeah, I'll give you a, Thomas has made me a generous creator. That's a 90%. All right. All right. Question number six. Let's move to a, episode two, Attack of the Clones slash How to Lose a Clone War in 10 Days. <laughs> what was the name of the planet where the clones were made? Camino. That is correct. Everyone, okay, smart everyone guy. knows that. Smart follow-up question. What was the name of the prime minister of Camino? Oh, you know, I don't know that one. The answer is Lama Su, and if you did know that, <sighs> you're probably in the podcast now. Like, forever. Like, not just this episode, like... 
the whole podcast. <laughs> that's fair. Um, I have heard that. Like when you said that, that sounds familiar. But yeah, I never would have gotten that. So. All right. All right. Question number eight. This is the final question. All right. That's more than enough of episode two. Let's move on to episode three, Revenge of the Smith. Um, complete this line of dialogue. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. So here's a back and forth. So I'm going to give you the first two lines. You give me the third line. You ready? Mm-hmm. You are so beautiful. It's only because I'm so in love. <laughs> What's the third So love line? has made you blind? Or that love is has blinded you? Line. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Okay, start say the first two again. You are so beautiful. It's only because I'm so in love. Oh, uh, it's only because I'm so in love with you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is so bad. Oh, my God. Yes, then, then there's the allegation that love has made him blind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that, oh. No, her, no, I, the love has made you blind is definitely a better line than the it's only because I'm so in love with you that doesn't even make sense in this situation <laughs> you get you get like uh, 137% <laughs> perfect you graduate from future war school star wars school Chris star there's a difference wars alright what's next I'm just blown away I mean I'm impressed how, how many times this year have you watched the Star Wars movies? This is the first time when I'm doing this run. Did Solo come out this year? No, that was 2018. So yeah, this, I think that's the first time. Question. Yes. How many times has Mariah watched the prequels? Uh, she has never watched them full. <laughs> I like this girl. Like she falls asleep halfway through or? Um, when The Force Awakens was coming out, I... Was gonna. I did the whole rewatch then as well, I believe. And so I was gonna. I wanted her to watch them because she had never seen any of them. So we got through the original trilogy, and then we kind of got through the first one. I don't think she ended up fully paying attention, or she fell asleep or something. And then she just told me she's not gonna watch the other two. So I was like, okay. And then when I'm doing this rewatch, she, I mean, she was in the apartment, and sometimes would sit and watch part of it, and then just get up and do other things. So, so that's as much as she's seen. Have uh, have you seen How I Met Your Mother? I've seen bits and pieces of that awful, awful show. Ha- have you seen, um, what's his name? What's the architect's name? How the lame guy tried to screen out potential girlfriends? Uh, he, I don't know. He does, no, it, don't he does it on the basis of whether they have seen Star Wars or whether they like it. As opposed to Ruth Bader Ginsburg's On the Basis of Sex. Right, that's how I, that's how I would stream. So, Tristan... You you went to see Ford v Ferrari tonight, and it's yes. it's opening night, right? Correct. So how often do you go to movie premieres? That's pretty much all I go to because I'm going to if I don't go end up going to the movie premiere on the Thursday, I'll, I'll just not go for some reason. I don't. It's a weird thing for me. I've gone to a couple this this year. I've been better about where if I don't see the movie premiere, I'll still maybe go to it. But it's, if I don't go to that Thursday night premiere, I almost will not go to it at all. I don't know why. It's just a weird. My brain knows that that's the day it comes out. I'm very compartmentalized with my, the way my brain works. I'm like, this is the day it comes out. That's the day I have to see it. If I don't, I'm like, well, I don't know if I can see it now. Chris? What? Like, you want me to respond and be <laughs> like, why would you go to a movie when there's other people in the theater? That seems crazy to me. Uh, do you sit, like, right next to them? Like, do you not even have chairs separating you? Do you just, like, well, hold it- their hands and, like have them like cough on you and laugh and like slobber on you and 
And so, so if you go to things like Ford v Ferrari on opening night, where no one gives a shit, and there's no one in the theater, even though they put in the biggest theater in the whole complex, and there's pretty much like maybe three or four other groups, except for one person. Is it rated PG-13 or R? Probably just PG-13, but there's at least one F-word, so I don't know. But there's this younger kid with his parents like <laughs> right behind us. And at one time, the Christian Bale and his wife are going to kiss. And you just hear him go, oh, no, they're going to kiss. I'm like, are you kidding me? Why is this freaking kid here? I was so mad. <laughs> How old would you estimate the kid was? I never looked at him, but old enough to probably not be this dumb like he sounded more like an eight-year-old or something I'm like come on kid he was definitely not 13 so it was at least PG 13 so there's rules that you should follow kid was his vix parents see the star wars movies and they were pg-13s so well, that's, that's fair how often do you see movies in the theater on a scale from tim to ming uh if i could be ming in at least on this scale that'd be great <laughs> Um, I would say closer to Ming than Tim for sure, though. Okay. Yeah, well, Tim I mean, ha- Tim hasn't seen a movie since 2002, so... Holy... No, I mean, I've been to... That's a movies slight this month exaggeration. Already. Transition, shifting topics. Considering your dual loyalty, are you more of a gopher or a badger? Definitely a gopher. Um, my family yes. has never cared about college sports, which is why I also think college sports are dumb. Um, whoever... Was who did the podcast that released today was talk about um, how I was a Ryan who said that he doesn't care about college sports because what's the mm-hmm. point? Because you could just watch adults do games. I'm on that boat, but I did also go to the U of M, so I should hope I have a tiny bit of gopher lo- loyalty. But yeah, I, I've never cared about the Badgers, even though I am wearing Wisconsin sweater <laughs> right now. Oh, did you grow up anywhere near uh, Madison? Oh no, not even close. I was like eight hours away. I was closer to the U of M than I was to Madison, so um, it would have been, which is also why, I mean, I don't really care about baseball, but I would be more of a Twins fan than I would be a Brewers yes. fan. Because, I like this guy. <laughs> because growing up where I was, it's only four hours to go to Twins game, where it's, uh, it's probably about eight hours also to go to Milwaukee. So I've been to one Brewers game maybe, but I've even when I was a kid, I went to a couple uh, Twins game, so I was able to be a Twins fan. Shall we jump into our topic of, of the evening? Well, what's our topic? Star Wars? Well, specifically one Star Wars. Do you not want to talk about The Mandalorian a little bit first? I'll just spam. Everyone should watch The Mandalorian. Get Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus, please give me money. I've already seen it twice. I plan on seeing it again this weekend with my sister, so yeah. I think it's very good so far. Um, I like that they have a lot of practical effects. They, I mean, they try to make it feel like a Star Wars movie, which is... Good. I think they did a pretty good job at that. I like the main character of the Mandalorian. It's pretty good so far. The the only thing I really hated about the episode was there's a scene where this random guy he finds tries to teach him how to ride this animal. And I'm like, this is this weird cliche. Why are you teaching him to ride an animal? And then he gets bucked off twice. And then he comes to this guy and the guy's like, oh, true Mandalorians could ride things. And he's like, okay. And he goes up to it, slowly goes up to it. And then gets on and he rides it perfectly. I'm like, okay, what is this? Some horse girl movie? This is trash. <laughs> but everything else is great in the episode. Should have just ridden a speeder, right? That that guy was Nick Nolte. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering who Nick Nolte was. I saw him in the credits. Okay, Trayvon, I have a question for you. <laughs> yes. 
I saw someone on social media, a friend of mine, uh, make the comment, uh, a very snide comment, that um, carbonite, like turning a person into carbonite like they did with Han, was mm-hmm. actually a, a mining process on the planet of, what's, what's the Bespin? Cloud City planet of Bespin? Of Bespin? Um, that had to do with, specifically with mining practices on that planet. He's like, this is not a, it's not a common practice of, uh, you know, um, transporting bounty bounty hunters. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about that particular form of fan service? So I, I, that, that one stuck out to me in the little eyeball doorman that was like, yeah. you know. See, yeah. although I would agree that the, I'm at least that specific thing, the eyeball doorman is kind of a fan service, but at the same time. Why would it only be used in one thing? Like it makes yeah. sense that it would be used in other things. I think it's used in the Clone Wars at least once. They probably, I mean, they're probably on Tatooine for it. But um, and I would say the Carbonite thing, it is fan service, but it also is a reasonable thing to do. And and as soon as bounty hunters have heard it's been used once, exactly, and like, yeah, oh, it sh- worked you know what I mean? one like, time. Like, yeah, this is a pretty good process. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, I, yeah, it probably was used as kind of a thing on Bespin for the Bespin situation, but they're like, oh shit, this worked really well because now they can't move, they can't do anything, they're still alive. This is perfect. You know, Preserve, you, get your full um, you don't have to worry about dead. them yeah. like going down to the bathroom and sneaking around finding your guns. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They're like, I, so, I, mean, I gotta go like take a giant dump. But like, what did he say? He didn't say take a giant dump. He's like, I he had need to release his thorax. Release his thorax. <laughs> And it's going to be extra bad extra because he was molting. Guns. And then, yeah, yeah, that whole thing happened. What? what? Yeah. Yeah. He'd, been, he'd been holding it since the solstice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What? Wait, Chris, did I show the bathroom? Yes, it did. The toilet. There was a space toilet, Thomas. I was so excited. Uh, Ryan, do you have any other thoughts? Um, did you like it? No. Yeah, yeah, I did. I thought it was really good. Um... I uh, didn't really expect the ending. Um, no. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, so Taika Waititi played the other. Takes off um, his helmet and it's Bruce Willis underneath. That was yeah. I was. Spoilers, but yes. Yeah. And what's your comment, Ryan, about Taika Waititi? Oh, I was saying Taika Waititi played the uh, the bounty hunter robot or droid. IG Eleven. Yeah. I didn't know that until after I watched it. But. No, I didn't know. Well, I knew he was like IG-88, but it's just because of the... Who's IG-88? He's from... He's in the lineup uh, in Empire Strikes Back. So you see a bunch of different bounty hunters when he's talking specifically to <laughs> Boba Fett. Um, this... And you see... What? Yeah, okay. So so, so this bounty hunting robot um, in the man, man from Mandalore, um, like he was... <laughs> super badass like like he mm-hmm. was just like well it's an assassin droid that was made like he for was, that but purpose. he was also like super suicidal <laughs> yeah, that was that he was, was like, good... okay, i'm gonna kill myself now like that like i'm gonna kill myself i'm gonna kill myself so, well, so... because i mean he's there... one on. last thing on ig11 with that though is that i mean they're very the only so many were made from this group, and so they were crazy assassin droids. As soon as they were built, they killed all their the people who built them, and so you know they they will build themselves up because they don't want to be taken and more of them made. So it's like they're the only ones that exist. All right, that's all I have to say. Wait, yeah, wait, wait to ruin the humor by explaining it. No, it's still funny. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I have a question. So, like, is there production value in this? Does the money show on screen? 
Is it actually like a good production? Um, I would say the physical production of it is very good. You can definitely see some of the CG. It's obviously not a Force Awakens or anything. Uh, but I would say, again, it, you're not expecting The Force Awakens. It's not going to be a, right? but, um, yeah, a movie budget on, on a show. Yeah. Right. So I have no problem with the ability to see some of the CG because it's still like they just no, do it well. No Force Awakened in this show. <laughs> yeah, no. Exactly. I, I'm pretty sure the force slept through this whole thing. <laughs> it missed its alarm. It's just it. it the, was force took, the force took a bunch of Benadryl the night before. <laughs> it was really sick. So, so if the only thing on Disney Plus that I'm interested in seeing is the Mandalorian, is it worth it? Well, at six to nine a month. I think you can cancel any time for that, or you could get ten days free. So I mean, if you wait until it all comes out and then do the ten day free trial, binge it, and then yeah. sure, and then cancel it. Well, and the other thing is, like, you can you can watch the prequels like on repeat if you have yeah. Disney Plus. So <laughs> absolutely, it pays for itself. <laughs> Uh, so Mariah got to watch Tangled for the first time in her life because of it. So I mean, it's a good step in the right direction. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's better than Frozen. Shut your mouth. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Go on. Speaking. Yeah, Thomas is the Frozen stand. I'm the Moana stand. No, uh, er- Eric. I would say Moana. Tangled is fine. Erica. I think Tangled is better than both of them. That that is incorrect. I watched, I watched it today. I watched it today with Piper. You guys are just you, like the you three did not trifecta. Watch of it, so. I don't. I don't believe that. No, Eric agrees with me. Frozen is one of the best Disney movies ever made. Anyway, so it's got it's got good aspects of it, but I think the overarching woman part power story that they were trying to do with Frozen is better shown in Moana. Yeah, well, that's okay. You can be sexist if you want to. But so uh, we were thinking that we were going to talk a little bit about the prequels today, and. Uh, <laughs> I figure that, uh, Chris, do, do you want to introduce us to uh, the movie that we're going to talk about? Well, yeah, I wanted to introduce some ground rules. I, I feel like there's been a lot that has been said about the prequels. And it would be easy for us to just just stomp on the, like, beat the dead horse that is the prequels. It's been done before. We're not here to just criticize and heap scorn upon what what really is a terrible movie by a very sad man. That's been done before. <laughs> We're going to try to focus on what George Lucas did right and not get bogged down by his mistakes. Okay. So with that said, let's let's jump right We're in. Gonna, We're going to have a discussion and then yeah. make our judgments. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so so kind of with that caveat um and with that said, let's let's just jump right in. Um, Ryan, can you, uh, can you kind of give us the crawl or do you want me to read it? <laughs> I, I thought we were only starting with positive things, Chris. I don't have the crawl right in fr- Hang on. I- I've got it. Okay. And, uh... Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. The taxation of trade routes to outlaying star systems is in dispute. Hoping to resolve the matter with a blockade of deadly battleships. The greedy Trade Federation has stopped all shipping to the small planet of Naboo, while the Congress of the Republic, ooh, the Congress, endlessly debates this alarming chain of events. The Supreme Chancellor has secret, secretly dispatched two Jedi Knights, well, 
a Jedi Knight and a Padawan. True. Guardians of Peace and Justice in the Galaxy to settle the conflict. This is the most horseshit way to start a movie, <laughs> and it's a big part of why this movie is garbage. Well, at least he understands that taxation is theft, so at least we're there. So there's a taxation of trade routes um, by the Trade Federation? Right. <laughs> levied by the by the galactic republic yeah who's just like enforcing this as of now we don't have any battle droids like that we've seen so like how are they enforcing this tax can't be able to just, like uh no to you asian caricatures and just flick them off and just keep trading like every planet disagrees with it like everyone doesn't want this trade federation they could have just kept trading the trade federation isn't doing anything no, they, they they had a blockade, and you know that the oh, blockade yeah, is uh, legal. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's that's true. Like when you have a um, a racist caricature saying that they are doing a blockade, you have to abide by that. Um, also, why why did they blockade the boo? There's nothing. <laughs> The, they say in Abu that pretty much everyone's going to die if they don't stop this blockade. Because do they, they have imp- nothing? They have do to they import, import every single thing except they, for all their chrome? All, right, well, they, silver. Like, they've got a lot yeah. of water. They've got lots of water. There's like waterfalls, <laughs> like just like. Um, but presumably they have no food. They've got silver and waterfalls. <laughs> just start eating Gungans at this point. <laughs> Why didn't they think of that? Boss Nass, there's like, there's a lot of meat on that guy. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I, Just I, in his lip alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I love it whenever you have like a panoramic view of the battlefield or the city or whatever. Like, there's nothing. It, there's just like grass. When, yeah, when yeah, especially the battlefield. City, is a city called Theed? Yes, that's the capital city. There's like a city, and then like the rest of the planet is either grass or lush forest. (laughs) See, no, the city of Theed, though, if we're actually talking about positive things, I love the city of Theed. And Naboo as a whole, yeah, I freaking, that's what I love about the prequels as a whole is some of their set pieces, where as opposed to desert planet, snow planet, gas planet's a little bit cooler, best one's a little bit cooler, but then forest planet. So it's like trash. Whereas at least now you get like lived in cities. I was thinking the forest mood of Endor. Oh, forest. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, it's like like there. So, uh, spoiler alert: the last scene of the movie. If you haven't seen the movie by now, f- yourself. But so the last scene of the movie is like the celebration within like mm-hmm. the capital, right? And that's gorgeous. Like the parade yeah. down the street oh, yeah. and everything. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Lots of confetti. They've got. I mean, that's, <laughs> they don't need to import confetti. I, they have. That. <laughs> And whatever that spirit orb thing was, they didn't have to import that, hopefully. So. Nope. No. Is that, is that the orb that Trump touched? I think it's a Dragon Ball, to be honest. Don't know what that is. No, no one's getting the joke. Cool, cool, cool. Feel free to edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to edit out. No what, 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 what is that, Tyrone? What is a that? Dragon Ball? Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z? Z? I, I have not yeah, seen that. That was the joke I was making. I thought, oh, you guys isn't that an anime thing? I thought we established we're not anime people. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I know what it is. I have no idea what it is. Like, well, yeah, you're Swedish. We don't. I assume the only the only is. reference I have to Dragon Ball Z is uh, Captain Marvel. I think Sunny said that like she looked like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah, no, she does definitely. Right. She's like Goku when they're like charging up for a while. So, are you saying that every character in Dragon Ball Z is hot? 
Because I love Gal Gadot. <laughs> you are mixing so many things up. <laughs> Black Widow is great in Dragon well, Ball Z. I also love Scorcho. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on. All right. So, uh, Chris, after the crawl, uh, how does the movie start? We uh, enter, so to speak, the cockpit, so to speak, <laughs> of this vessel that the Jedi are flying in, and we see the captain and the pilot maneuver close to one of the battleships. Um, and we see these hooded men, very mysterious, talking, um, and they are invited into the docking bay, so to speak, <laughs> of this blockade ship. They are invited in. This is consensual. Um, and a protocol droid, TC-14, waits at the door to the docking bay um, and uh, introduces herself. She says, I'm TC-14 at your service. This way, please. Um, and we so go do to you, like the Blank Check Podcast, want to fuck TC-14? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not not curious. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, continue. Sorry, sorry. I just had to, just had to figure it out. I mean, uh, growing up, um, C-3PO always made me feel confused. <laughs> but seeing a female version of this droid conjured all sorts of feelings, Tyson. But I'm a married man. Just <laughs> uh, behind me, Satan. Do, do you feel the same kind of confusion when you meet a European? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Move on. Move on. <laughs> Good are try, you, Thomas. Good try. Are you, are you coming on to me, Thomas? Oh, yeah. This, this is beautiful, Thomas. You can open up right here. So, so DC-14 knows right away that they're Jedi. She yes. She goes to, you know... Well, be, be, before that, we have some back and forth between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, indicating, like, that Obi-Wan is definitely Qui-Gon's bitch. Um, Obi-Wan says, I have a bad feeling about this, and Qui-Gon's like, Shut the f*** up, I don't miss anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna be fine. So, if you go to Urban Dictionary and you look up bitch, it's a cinnamon for Padawan. You and your stupid braid and ponytail can go, like, clean the toilet. Like, shut up. Qui-Gon's got his own ponytail. He wouldn't diss on the ponytail. And so, so these Jedi Knights, TC-14, recognizes right away. Um, meanwhile, we, we meet Newt Gunray and Daltrey Dauphine, and they are stunned that these are Jedi. Newt okay. says, what did blazes is going down there? I, I have more. Yeah. So, so they're, they're just they're, like they're, right away, just like gas them. They're, they're like, <laughs> ship and gas them. No, no discussion. Just, right, just immediately, all right, Jedi, gas them. <laughs> Like, they already have primed up this, like, really visible poison gas. And they release that into the room. And then they're like, let's not wait for them to die. Let's just open the doors and send in these flimsy, idiotic battle droids to go get sliced up, quote-unquote, like butter. Um, that's what that's how George Lucas described how Jedi would slice them up. And then we were, like, we are introduced to this new concept. First of all, a new concept that... That um, in in episode four, A New Hope, we saw we saw Obi Wan and Darth Vader kind of eh, a very deliberate 
lightsaber battle, we might say, a battle between two old men, suddenly these young Jedi in Episode 1 can deflect gunfire. Like, they can, like, detect where a, a laser beam is going and and deflect that and, and, and make it bounce back and explode the person who's shooting it. It's amazing. And... And the one thing we've never seen again in Star Wars movies, they have force, like, sprint speed, right? Oh, they move so fast. They when move they- so fast. So they, they, these, they're like, call the droidicas. Um, and they're like, where are my droidicas? <laughs> <laughs> and so, so these droids roll in and they, like, get these shields and start, like, shooting. And they're like, we got to get out of here. And they can like run super fast, which at a later point in the movie would come in really, really, really right. handy. Apparently, they've got it like once per like <laughs> once more short rest. They, they like use their turbo, and they can't use it again for the rest of the movie. Right. Uh, can we talk about these freaking robots? Because like throughout the movie, the robots used by the Federation, it's like they bought them at bulk at Costco or something because they are not very good. <laughs> okay, Sam's Club. Sa- sure, well, where, wherever they got them, Sam's Club, Costco, and they are trying to shoot and they are not hitting anything. Like, they, Roger, Roger. They, they end up hitting a few Gungans, but besides that, they are terrible shots. They, I mean, they were trying to just overwhelm with numbers. They understand they're not super good, and those are just the B1 battle droids, which are pretty garbage compared to, like, all the other models of general droid. But, yeah, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I started that time realizing this is going to get way too nerdy, um, and then so I had to stop it. <laughs> so so why did, in, in this blockade invasion, why did they send in the B-52, um, like, lame battle droids instead of the good ones? Well, they didn't send up the droidicas with a uh, shield on them, so they, to the point where they weren't going to even kill them, so they had to little, you know, force sprint away from them. So those are obviously good enough to force them into hiding in order to jump on the ship in order to run away. So, but when you've got those droids, droidicas, are good enough why do you even have the other droids? I'm guessing a shield generator is harder to make than just a regular droid. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand. I'm not the payroll guy who's trying to figure out the finances. Of this. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you're saying so that you're saying there are complicated accounting procedures in the Trade Federation, and it's it's just like, man, like we budgeted for this many, <laughs> and we, like like these other paperclip droids, like <laughs> man, we got like a million of them. Let's just you know, I think the B ones they were able to get a discount after a certain amount, you know, so it's like and you get so many things you get a discount, and you feel like a failure if you don't send them into the field, and so you just like you send them in, and you hope, right. cross your fingers, and you hope they do well. They are literally like the paperclip in Microsoft Office, annoying and useless. Yeah, that, that's a good analogy. So the 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 Jedi's are are they go to the air vents and they're like, uh, like so they tried to kill us. Let's let's go to Plan B. They blew up our ship. Let's sneak aboard uh, these this invasion, and let's but let's not go on the same one. Let's go on separate ones, and we'll meet up on the planet. Which will give us time to, you know, meet, like, local color. Like, if there are, like, <laughs> locals that are interesting, it'll give us a chance to, to get to know them. And so they go down to the planet, and we see Liam Neeson, Qui-Gon Jinn, introduced to the greatest character in cinema history, uh. <laughs> Sir Jar Jar Binkus. 
Okay, yeah, so none of you have any comments on him? Okay, so Jar Jar's, like, <laughs> flopping around, being a giant douchebag, and and um, basically... Also another like, potentially racial character jerk. Go on. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And uh, he's going to get run over, and Liam Neeson's run away from this, this uh, whatever, uh, invading droid carrier, troop carrier, and uh, he saves the life, Qui-Gon saves the life of Jar Jar... And Jar Jar is like, Misa is uh, I I owe my life, you saw. You really uh, put the so, you so put Newt Gunray's voice into Jar Jar's voice somehow, and <laughs> we're, we're stuck with him the rest of the movie. And and Jar Jar Jar's character arc is he goes from accidentally screwing stuff up, it like you know being clumsy and and doing bad stuff to being clumsy and accidentally doing something good. So, yeah. Like, he does not change at all. He does, it's just, he's he's stupid and clumsy the entire time. It's just sometimes accidentally good things happen. So. Right, like one time where he accidentally released the freaking bomba things and they kill some droids. <laughs> yeah. Right. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Are you trying to point at Chris right now? <laughs> so they got the way your video plan. was, it looked like you're pointing at Chris. But they're on the opposite side of the city, and I guess we kind of skipped over maybe some stupid shit going on across the planet with uh, Captain Panaka and Bibble. Um, what's Bibble's first name? Sai. Sayo Bibble. Who's um, this? The, the Sayo triangle Bibble beard is the guy. Triangle beard. Oh. And Captain Panaka is the is the guy with the hat that like like it covers his neck in case there's like some. <laughs> Some sun that's, that's <laughs> you know, like it. And, and and what does he want us to know? What is the main thing he wants us to remember? We do not have an army. We do not have an army. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this place, who needs to import here, every Highness. single thing that they can use in their life? They have to import everything. everything. They also have zero army. Right. Zero They're, army. How is someone not just taking them over? They've got yeah, like a hundred exactly. pilots. That, that are able to board their, like, they're like, free the pilots, and the pilots, like, a hundred of them go on the plane to fly it. Um, but beyond <laughs> pilots, that's all they have. They're, they're like, our sec- he, Captain Panaka, this is a dangerous situation, Your Highness. Our security volunteers will be no match against the battle, battle-hardened Federation Army. Little does he know, it's a bunch of flimsy paperclip droids. Queen Amidala says, I will not condone a course of action. No, that's, that's, that's that terrible. leads us to war. Like, yeah, yeah. Us to war. we all know that line. Good call because we don't have an army. <laughs> it's not going to be war. It's just going to be a short one. Can, can we back up a little bit? So, so sure. they, oh boy, they they meet Tyson Jarrior Banks, and it is it is very unclear to me as to why exactly he was banished. Because that's one of the first things he says to Qui-Gon, right? Well, yeah. On ENCBD accidente, whatever he says. He, he was banished for being clumsy. Clumsy, yeah. yeah. He was clumsy and he was <laughs> banished. Just like, yeah, like just, just take off, man. <laughs> You're really annoying to be around. The language that he and the Gungans uses, like, I think Jar Jar is the one who says, like, a big doo-doo. And he's like, well, yeah. okay. <laughs> So what I think happened was like, you know, Lucas, you know, he basically hit a home run with Yoda 
and like everybody loved it and he was just like oh yeah you like Yoda I've got a million of these <laughs> he's just like <laughs> and then he comes up with Jar Jar is just shocked that he's not you know as popular as Yoda was and let's not underrate C-3PO's um, comic like in, in the original trilogy C-3PO mm-hmm. is very funny Right, like it's well, exa- kind of the right balance where like Jar Jar does not get it done. George Lucas forgot how humor works and how <laughs> subtle humor is better than whatever the hell Jar Jar is. Um, when we're once we've finished our full Jar Jar arc, I do have what happened to him afterwards I, in the canon in one of the books, so you get to this, have a satisfaction of what happens. Painful death. Please say yes. <laughs> No, but he's just a minstrel on the on the streets of Naboo. Okay, well, we, <laughs> That's not we, satisfying at all. Okay, so um, we know that that these Jedi are traveling light. I mean, so they've got they've got their Jedi robes. We know that they've got their lightsabers, and of course, like, what's the other thing that you take everywhere Hang you on. go? You say they're traveling light. Do Jedi own anything else besides robes and lightsabers? Well, yeah, thank you for asking, because, of course, they have breathing masks in case they mm-hmm. have to swim underwater. Right, yeah, they've got those with them. Yeah, because you never know when you need to breathe underwater. And you have to well, go that to have been city. good for the gas, the dioxine, too, that they could have just <laughs> yeah, nah, hung just out for a little while? They, they can just hold their breath. Gas started to show up, they just took a deep breath, and they were good. We see Jar Jar say, come to my world, it's going to be great, the best... Does he does he say the best way to the to feed is through the center of the planet? No, he, no, he, he doesn't. <laughs> Actually, he doesn't like that idea. He's like that's scary. Um, but he's like, come to my place. Oh wait, never mind. I've been kicked out. But come anyway. It's okay. And and so they're like, okay, we've got our two possessions, our breathing masks that we take everywhere, um, and we've got our lightsabers. And so we'll put our breathing masks in our mouth. And we can swim underwater into this city. And they do. Um, and they they meet Boss Nass. Yeah. And, and and he tells them that, oh, well, you, you can have this vehicle. What's it called? What, what's the what's the boat called? There's this ship, whatever. Are we uh, supposed to know that? It's called it's, like a, it's called something. That's the call like the Boomer? No. I'm no. <laughs> okay, Boomer. Okay. <laughs> he says, okay, you can take my boomer. <laughs> no, what's it called? The Banga? No, it's called something. Something sort bongo. of Bongo. Like... Oh, yeah, Bongo. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and they're like, oh, you can take the Bongo, and the fastest way is through the planet core, and then he goes... <laughs> <laughs> the planet core. Well, you know how you know he's in charge, right? <laughs> he's, he's boss. <laughs> his boss? That, that's his name? Is that why he's in charge? I think that's his title. I think well, boss is the title. I, I think it's his given name, and they're like, boss? What's your, what's your name again? Boss? Like, you should be our king. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, boss it's man. called the Tri-Bubble Bongo. The Bongo. Yeah, the Bongo. Yeah. They decide to go through the planet core, which looks like no other core that I have ever seen of a planet. Like, this is not what I would... You've seen planet cores before? Uh, That's actually pretty impressive, Thomas. I've, I've seen a lot of sci-fi. It does not look Listen, like this. Listen, when you, when you plan future wars, you got to plan for all 
<laughs> sorts of scenarios. So yeah, he's seen some planet cores. They're, they're they're like like thirty seconds out of the Gungan city, and there's like a fish that that like eats them, which is eaten by a bigger fish. And then I think there's another like exactly identical scenario where a a fish yeah. grabs them, and then another bigger fish grabs that fish. And they're like these Jedi who are smart and reliant on midichlorians and force and stuff. Like they're just like, hey, I hope. Like any time we get into a bad hold on, situation, hold on. boss is a title that is not his name. Boss is a is his, <laughs> is an actual title of the Gungans. His name was Ruger Nas. So he's, he's not emperor. He or served chance- as boss of the Gungan people. He, he's not emperor Palpatine. He, he is boss Nas. That's yeah. that that's their government. Okay. The the strategy of these brilliant Jedi is to rely on. They're always being a larger creature to eat the smaller creature that's trying to eat them. Which you could have felt like maybe was a metaphor for something, but then nothing like that ever happens in the rest of the show. (laughs) (laughs) And we go back to the Federation battleship, and we have Newt Gunray and Rune um, talking to Darth Sidious, who uh, we only see like half of his face, and he looks totally unlike anyone else we see in the film. Hey man, when I was six years old, I did not realize those two are the same people. <laughs> We're like, so the title of this movie is The Phantom Menace. I wonder if this is The Phantom Menace. And you're like, I've n- like, who could this guy be? Who could it be? Mm. Who could it be? We'll, we'll never figure it out. And so, so they're continuing to have conversations, and they're starting to doubt. And at one point, uh, they're concerned that there's another one of them. And they say, now there are two of them. Now, that, that was terrible. Oh, this is getting out of hand. Now there are two of them. Now there are two in your racial voice. How much are muted? All right, so let's just skip through all the stupid what? fish oh, fighting, oh, fish, I, fighting, I, fish I, fighting fish. Okay. Are we supposed to believe yes. that, that emperor, uh, the, the emperor, the evil Sith He's Lord. He's not the emperor yet. He's a mere senator. Are we supposed to believe that's not him? I believe so. No, I think you're supposed to know as the audience. Because they never show it in this movie at all. So I think as the audience, you're supposed to understand that that's the senator, right? You're supposed to... Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm assuming you're supposed to understand. I think that's supposed to be like a big surprise in the the next one. I think it's a third act reveal. (laughs) Or, yeah. Third movie reveal? If if we're not supposed to know, and it's supposed to be a reveal later on, then it's terribly done. <laughs> well, you're also not supposed to know that Natalie Portman is <laughs> the queen, and Kira Knightley is not the queen. Most of the time, it's Kira Knightley. And do you mean do you mean the, Irite? Or yeah. what 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 is her name? Is it Irite? I don't know uh, which one she is. Sabo. I don't know, like one one of the handmaids. Yeah. But there's uh, there's Keira Knightley, and she's she plays the king, the queen, and does that weird voice. I will not make a course of action that will lead us to war. And and you know, basically, if you're the the handmaid of the queen, that means that you were like you lost the election. I know. Yes. <laughs> So then, well, like, only the one did. Only at 13 years old. Right. You 
you ran for 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 student congress, um, and you got second. So you like your, <laughs> your life's on the line. Yeah. 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 Chris, can you get us to the next scene? Like the next important scene? Okay, well, um, the invasion's happened, and uh, we have uh, the queen and her retinue uh, taken captive. Um, just, you know, conveniently, just as um, the Jedi bongo, is that what it is? Um, mm-hmm. Along with Jar Jar, uh, kind of pops up in the bay in Theed. Um, they get out, and right away, who do they see but the queen and her retinue? Um and uh, taken captive by a bunch of useless droids that these Jedi cut through in, like, three seconds. And and they're like, do you have a ship? A transport? Do you have a transport? Um, they're like, yes, in the main hangar. And so they go to the main hangar. And um, very quickly, they're able to slice through the droids there. Yeah, she's and, like, I've and, got my leaking hyperdrive ship over here. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's, like... It doesn't leak yet. And there's, like, literally 50 pilots... Um, like sitting in a circle. Right. So why and, why are these pilots just sitting there captive on the ground? Yeah, <laughs> they're just like they're like we just invaded. We're idiot paperclip droids. We don't know what to do with these guys. Just like sit here. <laughs> and they're like, I got it. And they're like, you know what? Just sit there. Um, they would like crisscross applesauce on the floor, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> You, all of you, crisscross applesauce right now. You mean you mean Indian stuff? We don't say that. We're, we're you mean Gungan stuff? We don't say that here. <laughs> so they're just sitting there, and Obi Wan and Qui Gon just free them all. They <laughs> chop through fifty droids or something, and then they get on the ship. They get that- in the shiniest ship I've ever seen. Like. You have to squint to look at this thing. It sort of looks like a dildo. The Nubian cruiser. <laughs> the Nubian cruiser. Nubian, which is actually a thing. Like, like that's actually like an Earth term. But yeah, the Nubian cruiser. Well, it's like from Naboo. I think I think you're conflating <laughs> two different planets, but it's fine. No, Nubian's actually a thing, but go on. They get on the ship and they manage to break the blockade... Yeah. Like, really sort of. easily. At the expense of several droids. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but R2-D2 doesn't die. That's right. Yeah, there's one heroic droid that, that they take the time to honor. They're like, the other droids, they got shot to hell. But, like, you? You lucked out, R2-D2. Or what, what's your name? R2-D2. All right. Well, you look like shit. Let's clean you up. <laughs> and also, I'm not actually the queen. The, I'm gonna make yeah. yeah takes the, the opportunity queen. to boss the queen around. She's like, "Hey, Padme, go clean the shit off that droid." <laughs> Padme's got the the um, yeah. She's got the cleaner. She's dipping the the rag in there and she's cleaning it up. And yeah. Hey, it's so, it's it, it's an expensive microfiber cloth. Just like let her do her job, and it's like yeah, like we like this this computer that we programmed to do this thing. Like we need to honor it, and we we gotta like clean it up. I mean, yeah, sure. Like if we get in another battle again, we're gonna send it up, and it's probably gonna get shot. But you know, gotta give it some dignity, right? They have some sort of disagreement of where they are gonna go because they don't have enough fuel to actually reach Coruscant, right? 
Mm-hmm. And they decide to go to uh, what's the name of that shit planet? Tatooine. 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 Yes. And that sounds uh, familiar. And Qui Gon says, um, uh, "Land like a, a two day walk from the city. <laughs> <laughs> like, land at the outskirts, and then yeah, yeah, they're like, like, like you see, like it's all desert, and you see the city like off in the distance. Like they're not making that walk." <laughs> Yeah, and then they go into the city, and so it's uh, Qui-Gon, R2-D2, uh, Padme. And like, Jar Jar. At the last sec, yeah, of course they're going to take the guy who screws <laughs> everything up. Yeah, and so uh, Jar Jar tries to steal food <laughs> from somebody's shop. He gets caught, and so then he throws it and hits Sebulba <laughs> with whatever he was trying to eat. And then... Um, you know, Sebulba wants to kill him, but Anakin saves him. I mean, I guess that's later on, but still. Like, they act like Jar Jar's not only clumsy, but he's trying to steal food. Right. He, For he, no reason. Yeah, what? I mean, he's a kleptomaniac. Um, <laughs> but let's let's not gloss over um, the greatest line in all of cinema. Padme is in this dealer with Watto, um, and Anakin asks her, oh, uh, Tyson, what does he ask her? Uh, are you an angel? <laughs> That's good dialogue, man. This, this are you we- angel? This weekend, what? I'm using that line. <laughs> Dude, if you don't Thomas. get laid, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Tyson, I guarantee you Thomas has said, Did it hurt? <laughs> like, what? When you when fell? You fell <laughs> we have some really good dialogue. Okay, Anakin go. says, I am a person. <laughs> She's like, are you? What? She's like, she's like, you're a slave. He's like, I am a person. All right, then fuck you. We're not gonna try to help you. Right. You can be a person, a slave. Those aren't mutually exclusive, right? Yeah. Like. And then he says, "You are a strange girl to me." Good stuff. Yeah. I, and and so he's like, let's go to one of the smaller dealers. Like, let's not attract attention. And at the smaller dealer, Watto flying around. Um, and let's be honest. To put it delicately, he is ethnic stereotype of, right. of he, ethnicity that, let's just say, that Thomas isn't a huge fan of. Mind, mind tricks don't work on him. Only money works <laughs> Not even subtle. He's got an uncircumcised no. nose. Doesn't he have, like, <laughs> does he have, like, a weird hat on, too? He's a weird he hat. like a yarmulke. <laughs> Pretty much. And George Lucas didn't think it was obvious enough in the first place. <laughs> like, like, like the, the audiences didn't get it. We did focus groups. They think they're, they're it's, it's kind of ambiguous. Like they don't think this guy's a Jew, and they're like, "Oh, okay, we'll Jew this guy up. <laughs> let's put a yarmulke on him." <laughs> so, so anyway, um, yeah, Qui Gon's like, "Let's go to a smaller dealer," and Watto's like, "We're the only like one of the smaller dealers. Like, we're the only place, literally, in the whole planet." That has your part. That has, yeah. And, and he, he just does know, He's like, all right, fine. Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not going to do any investigation to no that. No investigation. Like, Remember, like, the guy is obviously trying to swindle him, and he's right. like, well, I guess he's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> what do he's, I know? He just said he's the only one, so he has to be the only one. A storm comes up because there are big sandstorms on the planet Tatooine. So instead of going back to the ship, they go... Um, 
they're invited home to a slave's house because, like, of course, like a slave can house and feed. Um, uh, so, guests, right? so, so, question. So, what does his mother actually do? Is she a slave? Okay. Yeah, she yep. is. I'm going to tell you what she does. <laughs> okay, Ryan. Did you visit Wikipedia? She, she, she does Watto because. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Qui-Gon's like, uh, so who's the boy's father? <laughs> and she's clearly trying to tell him that Watto forces her to have sex with him. She's like, oh, there is no father. Wink, wink. Wink, wink, yeah. You know, like, uh, hey, <laughs> obviously Watto's the father. And Qui-Gon's just like, hmm, no father. Okay, it must have been yeah. midichlorian. Qui-Gon and, is way too uh, trusting. And she's like, yeah. That's what it is. Great job, Sherlock Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I assume that it was some sort of Bible thing, like an immaculate conception or something, but you're saying it was Watto's kid? I mean, yeah, no, I think that's also in the Bible, too. It's pretty much Watto's kid. So. <laughs> and Anakin's like, hey, I built, I'm a slave, but I built a, a, uh, a droid to help my mom around the house. A droid that knows like three thousand languages. Um, that's really helpful as she's, you know, um, <laughs> stoinking her, her owner and like, doing other slave things. Qui Gon steals his blood. He can't just ask his mom, like, "Hey, can I test his blood?" No, like he just just takes his blood and sends it off to Obi Wan. And he's like, "Hey, test your replacement's blood." Before this, they are invited to the slave family's house, and they're having dinner. And the dialogue in this conversation might be the no. worst thing that I have ever heard. Like, is it worse than "Are you an angel?" Are you an angel? <laughs> I want to come back and free all the slaves. Whatever the kid says, and then he has a conversation with his mother. Like, I just want to punch him in the fucking face. Qui Gon's like. I didn't come here to free slaves. Yeah. Like, so the Jedi are just like, they're pro-slavery if it's been voted on. <laughs> like, if it's if it's okay, we're just, well, hey, what can I do? Slavery is the law, so, you know, no, we're, you'd, we're just, that's, we're, we're okay with it. That's real. So I read the book, Mastered Apprentice, which came out this year, last year, and it's about, so it's a younger Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, so it's when Obi-Wan's more of a kid, um, and they go to a different planet, and I think they're trying to, like, set up this whole free Anakin as a slave thing in this one because more explicitly do they just pretty much say slavery is bad but you know it's okay in this part of the thing and then they free like one or two slaves in this place too I'm like what was the point what a great force for justice the Jedi are there's not much we can do Obi-Wan well I mean we, there's a couple things you could do we, I'm sure with your giant laser we, sword we could have we, oh of course we could easily free all the slaves here but <laughs> well you, instead we'll use the force to you know win chance cube games but we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that um yeah as, I, I don't want to skip over the part where he introduces C-3PO and there's this really really just hilarious dialogue um C-3PO boots up and he's like my parts are showing yeah <laughs> Naked? What are you, naked? <laughs> but my parts are showing? Yeah, well... How he, embarrassing. He doesn't realize that himself. Archidito has to tell him that. Right. Now to him, he doesn't have, like, a metal armor skin. You can see the wires and the components, and that's super embarrassing if you're a droid. <laughs> so before this, 
or after this, I'm not sure about the timeline, but Qui-Gon enters into a bet with Wado, is that her name? <laughs> yeah. His yeah. name? Yeah. Anakin is going to win this race with the pod that Anakin has built. If he wins, they're going to get the parts to repair their spaceship. Before Qui-Gon enters this bet, he has absolutely zero evidence that the pod actually works. It can race. (laughs) And we find out that the pod doesn't work and that he's never finished a race. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if all that matters to Qui-Gon, though, because, like, he's just, he's into that kid. And Obi-Wan's getting a little old. Um, So... (laughs) It's kind of like a Vic thing where it's like, you know, like... yes. This kid's getting a little old. Um, it's exactly like a, a new thing. Yeah. That's why there's tension between Obi-Wan and Anakin, because Anakin's clearly replacing him, and, you know, Obi-Wan served his purpose. Now it's time for a younger. <laughs> and I believe there's a line as, like, the, they're, like, neighborhood kids that are, like, with, with like, really great names, like Kitster. Um... <laughs> And they're like, come play with us. Like, you're, like this thing will never work. You've been working on this thing for years. It's never going to run. Let's Seek says, let's go play ball. Um, keep it up, Annie, and you're going to be bug squash. So it's clear that, like, this is the most harebrained idea. Like, this, this delusional kid has been working on this thing for years. It's never started. It's never run. And, in fact, I, I believe Anakin admits it won't run. He says something like, I hope this runs tomorrow. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't say like I hope. I hope I can, you know, keep up with them or finish the race. Like he's just hoping the thing will start. Like if it actually moves like ten feet or twenty feet, that's a bonus. That's, but he's yeah. just hoping it'll start. Uh, and so, so Ryan, I know that you have some thoughts on the, the actual pod race. Did I say that I have thoughts on the pod race? You wish it could be like. He would have had more time to just <laughs> develop it. Yeah, I mean, it's in real time. It is twelve minutes long. And it's only twelve minutes. It feels <laughs> like, but I mean, think about it. Twelve minutes. That's like you know half of a TV show. <laughs> the pod race is so long. Like the pod race could have been the best part of the movie, but it goes on for so long that I just want Anakin to die. It, like, I want him to crash into the box seats that Qui-Gon has bought with his family and them, and just all of them to die, and then we're, we don't have to come back to this planet anymore. I like the Padre scene. I think that it is one of the two best scenes in the entire movie. I think it's the second best scene in the entire movie, but it is way too long. Tyson, go on. Yeah. Like, he basically wow. shows us the pod race in real time. <laughs> yeah, no, he really does. You literally see each and indi- each individual lap. It's absurd. I just, I don't know why. And he, I'm pretty. Wasn't he super pumped about this this whole thing too? He was like, "Yeah, I just want a race movie." Like, no one wanted that. That's what I go to Star Wars for is my race movie. And and it's it's interesting how Sebulba is this like really successful racer who has presumably sabotaged all kinds of pods. Like, is it possible that, that midichlorians are in actual, like, mechanical things? Because um, he, like, totally, like, messes up Anakin's pod, which Anakin hopes will actually start. Yes. And not only does it start, but it, fi- 
finishes the race and wins. I am really confused about like Jedi's and midichlorians here. Like, is is being a Jedi the same thing as being a mechanic? Pretty much. Okay. If you, like your car stops running, you just like you you take the switch and you flip it up and down <laughs> a bunch of times, and like it comes, it works. What a mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see that key. I'm gonna turn it. I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna start your ignition a bunch of times. <laughs> there you go. It started. It's fixed. Up. Yeah. So Kitster, his Anakin's best friend, who like totally doubted him, is like, let's let's like let's go circle. Bet against him. So he's like a front runner. Like as soon like the first guy Anakin hugs is Kitster after the race, and right. then he hugs Qui Gon. Oh. Qui Gon's like, who's this kid? Who's this other guy? <laughs> Quite like, like, let's get you up near my face. Let me let me put your. <laughs> all right, so they win the race. They get the hyperdrive. This one doesn't leak at all. But uh oh, bad news. A dude with like badass tattoos on his face, like red and black and horns. And um, you saw in the in the trailer, but I don't not think those are tattoos, thing. but cool. Okay, whatever. But what's interesting is like they they hired an actor to sit through like hair and makeup for like hours a day, but then they hired a voice actor. They're like, your voice sucks. It's, you, you have the look we want. But they got Peter Sarah Sarah Fawinowitz. Yeah, we're we're gonna hire Peter Serafinowitz to do the voice to do the three lines of dialogue. Like you suck, so we're gonna hire Peter Serafinowitz. <sighs> That's pretty bad. Taylor, do you do you have any background on like Darth Maul? Yeah, is he a uh, a Mandalore? <laughs> no, he's from Dathomir. Yeah, but, uh, but like he may be an immigrant. Let's not be you know sure, bigoted. Sure. Well, <laughs> no, there's lots of other males on the planet that look like him with the horns and the different facial markings. He's redder than most people. A lot of it's orange, but then there's also like witch women that live on his planet too that witchy. know the force a little bit and they're witchy and they're the ones who pretty much I think maybe sold him to Palpatine I don't know on the Wikipedia they give you his height which is 1.75 meters but after he gets his cybernetic legs because he gets chopped in half uh, in Qui-Gon in this movie Come they back. give him his height after that which is apparently is exactly 1.94 meters okay. I don't know why anyone knows that <laughs> Are they going to make, like, another solo movie where, like, Darth Maul is in it? They were supposed to, and I'm very mad they're not. Just as they're leaving, in zooms Darth Maul on a speeder. He does, like, a triple flipperoo. I believe that's the... Uh, a, a triple Lutz. Lutz. Technical term. Triple Lutz, yeah. Triple Lutz. And ignites his lightsaber. Like, this, like, compared to... Uh, Obi Wan and but only one Vader. side of his lightsaber. Only one side. He's like, he's got I, this, can, I can take you with only one side. He's got the super long base of the saber, but he only like ignites the one, and he fights Liam Neeson to a and and um, Obi Wan's like fly in the air, and you're like, whoa, like are you gonna fly away and leave your master? And he's like, yeah, like he totally chose. This like kid over me, like I'm too old for him. <laughs> and they're like, no, let's just like fly low. And so they fly low, and um, Liam Neeson jumps up and jumps aboard the ship. 
and like breathes really heavily. <gasps> it's like son of a bitch. There's a lot lacking in the yeah. relationship between Obi Wan and Qui Gon in this movie. Like you know, there's some con- like it just basically you know the the dialogue is stupid. Ewan McGregor and Liam Neeson don't really care. Like they're both really not trying. I went uh, trying to look for some more um, context to their relationship, and I thought maybe like that would help us, you know, have a little bit of backstory. Yeah, context is good. So um, I, I'm assuming that this this story I found is part of the like uh, legends or expanded universe. I'm not really sure. It's from the website masterapprentice.com, and it's just like a story. It's from before the Phantom Menace, obviously because. Qui-Gon dies in the Phantom Menace, so it has to be from before. Spoilers! <laughs> so, and this will kind of, like, jump back and forth between, like, the perspective of uh, Qui-Gon the perspective of Obi-Wan. So let's, uh, let me see here. This is just a random story I just pulled up. Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon Jinn stuck his penis through the hole in the wall. <laughs> it wasn't an experience with which he was intimately familiar or eminently comfortable. He looks surreptitiously down the length of the wall where other holes await it at varying heights and varying diameters. <laughs> it was more cold than arousing. Plasticine ring that cradled his intimate parts had not been warmed in preparation for occupancy. Furthermore, he felt rather vulnerable considering he had no idea who might be on the other side of the wall. Balancing carefully on his heels to keep the circulation going, he waited. Obi-Wan. <laughs> Obi-Wan knelt on the cushion <laughs> provided for him, <laughs> waiting for his first patron. <laughs> Gods, this was embarrassing. How? Just how did he always manage to end up involved in these things? He shook away his lingering discomfort. It wasn't important, he told himself. All that mattered was his duty and doing it well. He would do no shame. <laughs> the Jedi. He would do no shame to the Jedi with a poor performance. Let me scroll down a bit. This this story is um, Obi Wan blows Qui Gon at a glory hole. <laughs> you know, I should have. I should have known. Like the story is called Glory Glory Hallelujah. <laughs> Probably should have. I probably should have realized where that was going. But I don't know, maybe that can give us some <laughs> context to their relationship. And I assume that that's canon. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for more Star Wars fan fiction, contact Ryan Kinney. So, they have a hyperdrive. <laughs> they are able to make the trip to Coruscant, which, if you didn't know, it is an endless cityscape. It is the capital of the galaxy. And Rick Oley, I don't know who that is. Is he is he is he the guy flying the ship? He says Coruscant, the capital of the Republic. The entire planet is one <laughs> city. And Anakin says something we've all heard so many times. It's so huge. And I mean Liam Neeson really I mean, he's known for even Fassbender is nothing compared to Liam Neeson. It's all one big city, and there's some bullshit politics. Yeah. There's a Supreme Chancellor 
there's uh, a Senate. Um, there's Ki Mundi. <laughs> so the princess or queen or whatever. Tyson, what's her title? Queen? She's the queen, yeah. She, she is. So, whoa, 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 whoa. She did not win this election because <laughs> princess. Anyway, so she's, she's the queen of Naboo. And she goes in front of the Senate. And she spends like five minutes trying to convince the Senate that Naboo's cause is like legit and valid. And after five minutes, she just gives up. She's like, we are dying on this planet. Wait, she's Bernie Sanders. I will not lead a course of action that will lead to war. Our people are dying on this planet. Someone who is a really bad motivational speaker, I think it's the senator, says that your focus determines your reality or something like that. What are you even talking about? Like, this is stupid. The senator, Palpatine, he wants to be made chancellor of the Republic. Let's just be clear that, like, there's nothing better in movies than politics. <laughs> and, like, bureaucracy and motions... Like, I think at one point, like, it's pretty intense, but um, Queen Amidala, she makes a motion um, of no confidence in Chancellor Valorum. And, and like, I don't know about you guys, but that that's a powerful scene. <laughs> Valorum was probably just doing his job fine, but Palpatine was like, nope, gotta go. Well, yeah, of course. Like, um, Palpatine brags about keeping stuff, like, caught up in committees. I think George Lucas wanted to make this about grand politics on a galactic scale or something, but it is so dumb. It it is so shallow. Well, here here's the thing: is is I th- I think George Lucas is basically Thomas Friedman, who's like, you know what? The Chinese kind of have it right. Like they like they can just wave their hand and like get stuff done. Like they can tackle global warming. Well, I mean they don't. They don't tackle. Pollution, but they could <laughs> like these totalitarian regimes like they don't need to deal with bureaucracy or democracy or with studies or facts or science they can just like get stuff done and i think george lucas he's like i kind of like i kind of like uh uh china in like <laughs> their efficiency qui-gon goes before the jedi council and he's like i definitely fought a Sith and the Jedi Council is like that's bullshit the, there's no way there's a Sith we there's never another Sith we, like, they're, they're like, they, we they would have known yeah we would have known you're full of shit like I don't know what kind of you know tricks you're trying to pull Qui-Gon but that's bullshit and he's like no no, just, no no like listen I, I have a certain set of skills <laughs> and that is grooming then, young then, boys to to but like my other set of skills is detecting Sith. And then he's like, uh, "Okay, well, I found this kid. I've encountered a virgin in the Force." Mm. He's like, "I want to train him." When they're testing him, they're like, "So what is on the the tablet or whatever?" Uh-huh. And he, he's saying what they are, but also never in the rest of Star Wars have I ever seen. A thing where someone's holding something and they're able to understand what it is on that side. There's never a power used ever again in all of Star Wars that I've ever seen. That'd be really cool and useful, probably. But no, 
And apparently that's how the test. The test is what is on the screen. That doesn't even make any sense. Uh, Can they Uh, use the force? Yoda is like, will you go with me? Yes or no? Check one. Because he's kind of feeling like Qui-Gon's vibe. And And Mace Windu is holding the iPad. And he's like, what's on my iPad? And he's like, a a cup, a ship, a ship, a speeder. And he gets them all right. But they're still like, nah, you're you're too old. And like, what do they, what do they, like, like they know he has the force. So they're just wanting to like, nah, let's just send it, let's just send him out there. Like you, even if he is too old, you wouldn't still want to like, hey, let's keep him close. Let's keep an so eye that, on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's, let's make sure he doesn't turn into a bad guy. Tyson, you're a fan of these movies. What do you think of this idea of midichlorians? It's the worst thing that George Lucas has ever done. Not really. Right? We didn't but need it's pretty an explanation. Of, no. Like, the midichlorians are like the sentient beings that, uh, you know, infiltrate the cells or whatever. Like, Tyson, can you give us they could have left a, it vague. They a minute just... on, on the wills? Didn't George Lucas want to make a trilogy on the wills and how they, like, guide all the universe? And I don't know what the wills are. Holy crap, you're fired. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Ryan and Thomas, you, you guys have heard of the Wills, right? No. You mean the George Wills? No, like, at, at, at the bottom of everything, like, George Lucas thought the Wills. Like, there's some... I don't even know how to spell Wills, but there's, like, the Wills... It's 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 this, like... What's weird about Star Wars is that Lucas loved Buddhism and, like, all this peace... And so Yoda was kind of this like Buddhist monk who was totally nonviolent and and just like meditated and stuff. But he also made a, a movie series called Star Wars that like capitalized on violence and like defeating someone by force. So it's it's all mixed up and goofy. So you don't know what wills are. That's fine. Nope, no idea. After the Queen makes her appeal to the Senate. Uh, what happens then? So says we will not train you. Um, screw you and the gungan you came in on. Um, <laughs> Is this when they, they go back, they go to, back to Naboo? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They go back to Naboo and then I don't remember where they show up. But oh, is this when they go to talk to the Gungans? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. and because for some reason they're like, well, we don't want to go back to the cool underwater set that we had before, which I was obviously all CGI. They're like. They're for some reason in a forest now because that's apparently safer for these obviously electronic droids uh, to find you there as opposed to underwater, which they probably can't go because they're just electronic droids. So that would have been a smarter thing to do is to stay underwater. And, and I should point this out that the Gungans kind of think they're safe. They're like, nobody knows about us. And earlier in the movie, there's kind of an argument between Obi-Wan and the Gungans. Where Obi-Wan's like, you got to understand, like, there's a symbiosis here. Like, like what mm. affects them affects you. And, and they're like, no, like, nobody knows about us. Like, we're secret. We're underwater. Um, they're kind of delusional about being secret and whatever. Because, like, I remember a scene where, like, a dumb shit... TC fourteen no what 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 are the dumb shit droids called the B ones the B ones like this was probably B half droid <laughs> and he's like uh, I believe I've heard something about an underwater civilization uh, <laughs> and so like there are rumors already early in the movie about there being an underwater civilization so 
Um, I think, do they abandon that and then go up to the forest? Because, like, here's the thing about Star Wars. You want to subvert expectations. If you think people will look for you underwater, you go above ground. When they return to Naboo, blockade's gone. No explanation. (laughs) Wasn't a very tough blockade, yeah. Except it's back when, later in the movie, when they go to try to destroy the central the droid central tower thing and somehow the blockade's much back like the taxation of these trade routes which apparently Naboo only imports things it's kind of like a one-way blockade they're like you can't leave but like we'll let you in like if you want to come in like we'll, we'll disappear for like a, a minute like 10 minutes <laughs> uh, just let us know we'll go away the the jedi and the queen and whoever they arrive back on Naboo they try to charge the capital and get into the throne room, right? Like, like mm-hmm. that's the plan. They try to get into the throne room. At some point, Queen Amidala, Natalie Portman, decides to reveal herself. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, Vic. <laughs> At no point before that has she tried to reveal herself as the Queen of Naboo, and, so to speak. And the Jedi can sense, you know, <laughs> feelings and thoughts and everything. They had no idea. Because that... Qui-Gon looks at Obi-Wan, he's like, holy shit, can you believe that? <laughs> Wait, okay, what kind well, of freaking morons? This, let me throw out this hypothesis. Qui-Gon is literally the worst Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even allowed on the council. He wasn't allowed on the council. He can't sense anything at the beginning. And that's what Obi-Wan said to him. He said, like, you know, if you didn't Spend so much of your time focusing on banging little boys, then you'd probably be on the Jedi Council. And if you'd liked little girls instead of little boys, I would have noticed the difference in Padme compared to Kira paid no attention to Padme. <laughs> or the Queen. It's like, oh, they're different. Great. At the very beginning of the movie, uh, Anakin, or, um, Obi-Wan's like, I sent something, and he's like, Shut the fuck up. All he can do is basically, like, make a chance cube, like, rotate, what, right. 90 degrees? I mean, there's three red sides and there's three blue sides. So He can, he can make sure it hits the blue side so that he can get um, Anakin away from his mom. Why does she reveal her true identity at this point in the movie? Um, it's not explicit, but it's, I'm, it's pretty much... To try to convince the Gungans to trust them because so Kira Knightley's like, hey Gungans, please be with us. And they're like, no, fuck you. And <laughs> then the real queen's like, hey, what if I tell you a deep dark secret that I'm actually the queen, but also please don't assassinate me because I'm the actual queen. Um, yeah. And they're like, oh, well, cool. That's, you told us a secret. I guess that's enough. Yeah, Work, works for me, boss. That's basically. <laughs> what does boss say? Like, you don't think you're better than the Gungans? Yeah, something. And I like that. Like, that's essentially what boss says. And so. And then they make Jar Jar a general. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was dumb. There was really no reason for that. They're Bob, like, you know, Jar Jar, you brought peace between uh, the Naboo and the Gungans. It's like. He didn't do shit. <laughs> he just accidentally found him. He very, he, he very nearly, you know, risked the entire relationship. Yeah, you, many times did he almost kill life. himself or kill others. Yeah, you've been a stripper your whole life, and then all you've done since then is step and poop, try to steal food, 
um, get your tongue electrocuted. Congratulations, your general. <laughs> I wrote down battle, 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 whatever. Darth Maul kills Qui Gon, <laughs> one of the biggest perverts in the galaxy. <laughs> if anything, you know, Darth Maul did everyone a service that day. <laughs> Darth Maul might be the best, might be the hero of this movie. <laughs> And 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 maybe we don't need that much detail here. And uh, then Obi Wan wounds merely wounds Darth Maul by chopping him in half. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. He, you know he he gets better. He's fine. He's fine. Okay. Let's he, let's not zoom over this. In fact, you know what? What is this line, Boss Nass? We are ready to do our part. Oh, we're gonna do our part. Okay, gotcha. All right. Uh, okay, so um, we've got kind of two things going on on Naboo. We've got two two battles going on. We've got the battle going on out in the plain in the green lush area uh, between like uh, these kind of primitive transports. I guess they're called transports in this movie. Transports open up in all these idiot T one. Is that right? The B one battle droids. The T one battle Terminator. Yeah, they're Terminators. <laughs> the ones come they out. wish and um the gungans have like this super cool magic shield they've got like dinosaurs and like this gooey shield that goes up and then they've got like these these orbs that they can throw uh super cool uh jar jar trips in like like accidentally throws some orbs and they kill some droids, which are easy to kill. Um, so we're kind of bouncing here between this battle on the plane and the battle in feed where, um, I mean, it's really effective at this point. Like all the whole, like queen Amidala, Padme, like we've got like Kira Knightley dressed up as the queen that like this really becomes effective. Because they're like, oh, the, 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 the queen. And then, so they're chasing the queen. And then Padme is able to be like, hey, guys, I had this really good plan. In case we were invaded by a trade federation. Now, wait for it. Okay. Trade federation wants a blockade on trade because of the taxation on trade routes. And you know what? Um, we'll talk about this at length. At other points in the film. But let's just... If this happens, I'm going to store a gun in my throne. And by my throne, I don't mean my toilet. I mean a throne. And I'm going to have Keira Knightley, one of those rhyming names. I don't know if it's... I forget if it's Irite or Padme or Blise or Blase. Um, they're going to distract everybody. And then I can grab the gun. Boom. Invasion over. Well, the invasion is over when someone who's never been off the planet of Tatooine somehow flies a foreign country's spaceship into and beats all the other actual starfighters who's been training this forever. Um, so you're saying that this young boy, uh, one might say Padawan, who's doing something that's distinctly not pod racing... <laughs> Well, he does say, now this is pod racing. So it actually is pod racing. He says, now this is pod racing. So how is it not pod racing? I mean, he's not in a pod racer. (laughs) 
but and it's not a race. He's, he's not but. racing anybody. <laughs> he's not racing. But he does say, now this is pod racing. So. He leaves the atmosphere, and then he says, now this is pod racing. Apparently not known what pod racing is the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> well, because that's the only thing he's ever known, he just assumes everything's pod racing. So anything you fly is like, now this is pod racing. He rides a horse. Now this is pod <laughs> racing. You know, like all these things. He doesn't know. He's like, and in the, in, in the second movie, when he's, you know, with Natalie Portman and... <laughs> He's like, now this is pod racing. (laughs) What? Yeah, after on their wedding night. Now this is pod racing. This is pod racing. Much like his wedding night, uh, there's an explosion. Um, He fires, and he he blows up the um, one of the uh, control ships, and all the droids shut down. He destroys the Wi-Fi hotspot. The droids are no good anymore. <laughs> you know George Lucas trademarked uh, droids, and so Verizon Wireless oh, I know. Yeah. had to pay him like $20 million to license droid for their phones. Hmm. Yeah. Really? Uh, I think they would have just picked a different name. Like, why did Verizon say, like, no, we have to go with We droid. could pick literally anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At the end of episode one, there is a big parade on Naboo. In That's actually very close to what it sounds like. That was my best <laughs> approximation. Where the Jedi and the Gungans all celebrated, and get they get to touch the orb, the same orb that Donald mm. Trump touched, and they are celebrating peace. And that is the end of episode one. Whoa, 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 whoa. let's not skip. Captain P- Panaka's line, which I know, like, we've had a bit of hyperbole. We here, still don't but... have an army. <laughs> yeah, <we're done. laughs> like, we won the war, but, like, we still don't have an army. No, um, he says, uh, this, this is like, boom, like, to the Viceroy, he's like, I think you can kiss your trade franchise goodbye. That was, it was well delivered. And he literally owns the Viceroy there, yeah. I think you can kiss your trade franchise goodbye. I mean, you could, we could talk bureaucratic procedure all we want, and there will never be a line. And, like as George Lucas always says, this is a movie for kids. And <laughs> nothing kids like more. But kids are playing. Like, What do you see them saying to each other more than anything? They're like, you could kiss your trade franchise goodbye. That is all the time we are giving to this episode. <laughs> Tyson, do you have anything else about Star Wars or anything else that you would like to uh, share with the audience? Uh, no, I think I think we covered it all in a very long and painful detail. Ryan, Chris, do you have anything else? I can't imagine what else I would say. We didn't mention John Williams. Good night, good luck, and we will see you next week for another episode of the SSU Podcast. Thank you for listening, and you can find us on Google Podcast, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or NPR. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next week.